0: Hello, dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia.
1: Hello, listeners. Father Michael, today's episode is Mother Natalia's topic, and she is reflecting upon something she loves doing, and that is running and finding all the ways that our Lord speaks to her through doing what she loves. All of the analogies and the deeper thoughts about life and God and salvation and weakness and sin and friends and all the different ways that our Lord speaks to her while she's running. Um, Kind of the same things that I get while I'm uh, smoking cigars and drinking Red Bull. So um, we each have our, our helpful endeavors. So uh, thanks for listening. If you are a hashtag banter hater, you will want to skip about 5 minutes and 10 seconds after the end of this message. God bless you.
0: Glory to Jesus Christ.
1: And glory forever.
0: Father Michael, how are you doing?
1: I'm well, Mother Natalia. I am, I am absolutely overwhelmed by all my responsibilities and feeling zero burnout and zero stress. So, it's obviously the Holy Spirit because it is crazy. We had Father Nathan covered for me at the outreach in Santa Paula this week, this weekend, uh-huh. because I was covering for him at his new parish. Um, he estimated over a hundred people, 50% never been into our church before ever. And and half of those were children.
0: Whoa. So it
1: must've been an absolute madhouse in our, in our rundown <laughs> little Santa Paula, California <laughs> building that we just bought that we're fixing up. But it's it's all word of mouth. Like somebody said, "Hey, we we have our parish feast on October first. You know, should we invite the outreach down to come join the the parish in Sherman Oaks?" And I said, "I said I don't think we can. There's so many people coming by word of mouth. I mean, they don't even check the emails. They don't check the website. They just they come at Saturday evening at five p.m. to our, our little parish. And there was like there was like a, a protest going on in the park across the street. We don't have a parking lot, so uh, there was all this you know parking. Ta- I mean, like literally, our church is just." Empty drywall, busted up in many places, like dirty carpet. And anyway, it's like the Holy Spirit is is moving so much up there, and it's it's very beautifully overwhelming for me to try to keep up with what the Holy Spirit's doing. And in Sherman Oaks, I mean, Sherman Oaks is 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 we're getting our coffee shop going, and we're we're going to get new carpet in the big house. We're going to get a fence for privacy for whoever lives here. Anyway, beautiful, beautiful things.
0: How are good you? Stuff. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. I'm in a similar place of just totally overwhelmed by the amount of things that I need to do, but not feeling burned out. Like I've, um, with one exception, I feel like I've really been able to keep, uh, the, the peace that kind of landed during retreat, um, in the Mm -hmm. midst of even craziness. And so like, In trying to navigate relationships, still feeling feeling at peace and in, how are you doing um, with that
1: one nun that you just talked about the entire time?
0: Stop. That's, that's, that's I did not you. hear <laughs> the worst. You that know, didn't no actually happen. <laughs> no, tell it them the truth. Actually,
1: okay. It did not actually happen.
0: <laughs> um, that's really good. Did you funny. get her kicked out? Did you uh Stop. Did you manipulate her like I said? <laughs> <laughs> um there was a slight temptation to lose peace after you and I had that conversation um where I needed to um in order to answer the question that you were asking in the conversation I had to look through the comments of the Matt Frad interviews that I've done <laughs> Oh yeah because there's like okay this is this is just ridiculous and this is just indicative of my deep deep pride um like deeply rooted pride but there were like I don't know 4 or 500 comments right and maybe like five of them were negative, <laughs> and like I go to bed, and those five comments are just like cycling through my brain. <laughs> oh my <gosh. laughs> I know it's. I'm. Telling Did you, you read
1: mine? The comments on mine.
0: No, it's I thought like, you meant your like, comments on my video. I was like, no, you no, no, no.
1: The comments on my. Pines no, of the pines. like, like it's it's. It's probably about 50 50, but there's a lot more negative than you got. And I've been sleeping very well. So, God, I, w- I wish, I wish God This could is give because me- you're humble. <laughs> no, I, do. I don't think so, actually. I, I think that, I think that you and, I mean, your pride is horrendous, of course. Um, but I think, uh, I think mine is too. I'm totally um, kidding, of course.
0: Oh, I um, didn't know uh, if you were kidding me. It's just I'm totally true. kidding. Come on.
1: Come on. Come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think pride itself manifests itself in many different forms. Mm, and I think sometimes fair. the devil tempts us towards pride that looks very different than other people's prides, only because we to are prone to compare them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we think, well, I'm not like them. They're obviously prideful and I'm not like that, so I must not be very prideful. Like, no.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Pharisee. <laughs> yes,
1: the devil's laughing himself. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I, I think I think we're we're both as we know we're, we're we're beautiful messes beloved of god <laughs> full of full of pride but but on our way on this 30 step ladder anyway
0: so yeah that so i didn't actually lose my peace at that moment but that was Good. uh that was a temptation there was last night i like actually lost my peace but then mm. i quickly recovered so that's great Amen. so praise god for retreats and things um yeah but I feel like this banter is actually us catching up because this was the quickest that we just jumped into recording because we're on okay. a, kind of a tight <laughs> schedule. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, true that. So, um, well, let's just jump into the topic then. Maybe it's a very simple topic, and maybe it's even too simple to record on, but we're recording on it. So too late. Uh, yep. So, welcome to our very simple topic. <laughs> I. Uh, um, so I've talked a lot on the podcast on various episodes. It comes up in like so many episodes. Uh just my love for running or jogging is probably a more accurate <laughs> term. And I I think I've mentioned before that my best prayer happens when I'm when I'm running. And I don't know if that's because like I'm such a bad runner that it could be that. Um, basically every time I go for a run, no matter how short or long it is or how fast or slow it is, um, my brain is so focused on not dying that like, my guards are down or something like that. And mm-hmm. so maybe that's why it's really good prayer. I don't know. But I have really good prayer when I'm running. And I was, I, was, I was praying about it on my run today actually and realized that the people who have most deeply wounded me in my life um, there were several people that came to mind as I was running. The people who have most deeply wounded me, at some point, some stage of the forgiveness came while on a run, hmm. and, and most of them, it was like the most deep stages were uh, the stages that that came on a run, and so it just like really fosters forgiveness in my heart for some reason. Um. Again, maybe because I'm trying not to die, and so my guards are down, and then, um, I'm not as selfish or something. I don't know.
1: You know, I'll bet you anything though. It's 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 also psychosomatic because when 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 we do, I mean, when our body's in a good place, our mind and our spirit tend mm. to come along and the end the other as well. Um, I think I know people that have struggled with addictions and with with you know being overweight and with. With um, certain, you know, non-clinical types of sadness, and uh, and pretty much, like I will, I will try to be a spiritual guide to them. But it's not until they go find like also a mentor who's going to talk about, you know, how to how to bring prayer into into like a, a calm part of your day, and, and and how to use prayer for meditation, and how to eat healthy, and how to work out. Like when the, I kind of all those things tend to come together. And mm-hmm. and so I, I imagine your your body's probably releasing all kinds of good chemicals in in every way that 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 just kind of breeds bodily health when you're running. And then I mean I, I hate to say this as you were thinking I was thinking you know one of my best thoughts come cigar and a Red Bull like if i i i i'm telling you like whatever those things do to my body <laughs> like i'm like in the zone i'm like this is amazing it's, like your 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 zone is jogging and being healthy and my zone is cigar and a red bull and <laughs> and somehow like that that psychosomatic reality <laughs> Maybe I should take up jogging. We'll see if that can replace my afternoon cigar and a rainbow.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's going um, <laughs> hey, love, love to happen. Hey, I need that.
1: a little support for my spiritual daughter here. <laughs> like, oh, that'd be great, Father. I will pray for you that you actually man up and actually do that.
0: It I'll tell you nice what, sometimes. Father Michael. I have only ever I don't yeah. I don't run with men. Like I don't like running with men, mm. and um, and uh, mostly again probably because of my pride, but. Um, There are four men that I have. Oh my gosh, my contact is freaking out right now. Ow, ow! I'm really sorry. Okay, Um, just ignore what's happening on my face. If you need to hide the camera, you can. Freaking
1: out? Is it like rolling around or
0: no? I don't know. It just hurts a lot. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) I've just ignore my face. Ignore my face. Okay. Um, I've run with four men. I think Um, I've run with my dad. I've run with Father Dufresne. Um, I've run with my retreat director uh, from several years ago. We we went for a run together on retreat, and that was really fun. And then, um, and then an, another another friend that I just um like deeply trusted. So, uh, anyways, if you start running, I will go for a run with you, and right. because I trust you so much.
1: Well, that might be my incentive, but it will be incredibly humbling because. I guarantee you, even though I can beat you in arm wrestling, I'm sure you can beat me in running.
0: I don't know if that's true, honestly. So, because Father Dufresne, um, oh, maybe he would be embarrassed that I'm saying this. Oh, no. Oh, well, it's already coming out. Um, but he had a, I, I really love you, Father Dufresne, and I'm so sorry if this embarrasses you. Um, if people listen to the end of the story, I think it won't be embarrassing. Anyways, he wasn't running for a long time. He was doing other kinds of exercising, like weightlifting and stuff, but. Um, not running, and he had no interest in running and then um he ran with me while he was here on retreat or something at one point, and um and we ran at my pace because we had to for my cardiac rehab um and he, for sure, was like in better condition to be running than me, like so I think with my pots, I think that he'd be he'd be okay, so.
1: I love how you just completely avoided whatever the embarrassing thing was. No, I just, I think,
0: I think, I just meant like that he wasn't running, but then he and but but he does run now, so I don't. Maybe that's not embarrassing. I don't know. It's (laughs) not embarrassing. I just got scared because suddenly I was telling the story about. Anyways, um, so uh, this isn't banter. It's all related to the topic because um, so I, I have had like my really I've had deep, profound prayer while running. But in addition to that, I've had lots of just like really simple reflections while running that uh, that I think are good little insights into the spiritual life and little analogies. And so I was like, I just jotted down a few of those and I want to share them. Nice. That's the whole story. Um, great.
1: You're, you're really, really good at like insights. I think that's why our Lord didn't give you many during your retreat because usually your insights are like mind-blowingly beautiful and so i think you needed just a break to like we talked about just mm-hmm. to be with him and and not have to have insights that you share with people so it sounds like you're back to insights love Great. it
0: um so these are just uh it's just kind of a compilation of different insights i've had over the last couple of years of of running and um that's nice that you think I have really profound reflections, but really these ones are very simple. <laughs> so Amen. anyways, um, Amen. the first one is that i've I've realized that my bad runs, um like the runs where I'm either really slow or I'm just feeling really bad during them or whatever it is, um, are a really good litmus test to where I am in my spiritual life. So um, so, for instance, I um when I'm when I'm having a really slow day on a run or even not necessarily it's a slow run but I'm at either the warm up or the cool down and I'm supposed to be running really slow then um when a car drives by and I know that they see me running like I have an instinctive Reaction and like thought process that happens to this person who just drove past me. And that's very indicative of where I'm at in my spiritual life. So sometimes it's like, oh man, they're probably judging me because I'm running so slow, but they don't know that I've already run five miles. And so I have to run slow now because I'm, you know, and, um, and then I have to whereas if I'm in just a good a good place spiritually, then it like doesn't even phase me. You know, I just like wave and smile and just keep going with my with my run. And um that's helpful for a couple and it's very easy when so when it's a good run. I find that to not be a great litmus test because it's very easy to self deceive, right? Because like I'm already feeling good at my, about myself and so it's easy to think that other people's opinion don't matter. Uh but it could very well just be because I think that they should have a good opinion of me right now because I'm having such a good run. And so that's just really easy to self deceive. But it's harder to to be self deceptive. So that's part of the reflection as well. Like it's harder to be self deceptive when um when we're not in control of our surroundings or when we feel like we're not as competent as we'd like to be or something like that then um, then it's just harder to be self-deceptive like all of our weaknesses come to the surface and and it's easier to to see them and I was just having a conversation with one of my spiritual daughters about that recently because um, she was talking about how like in the situation that she's in with some of the externals, um, that certain like habits of sin or whatever are, um, have become like really obvious. And, and she was like, but those externals are changing soon. And so, you know, it'll be better. And then I was like, I don't know. I think it's kind of good that, uh, the externals are are bringing it to the surface because when the externals aren't there, the problem is still there. It's just more hidden yeah. from us. Um, which is what Cashin talks about when he talks about anger and how, um, if we go like off to be on our own, then we have the double problem of in, in response to anger, if we go off to be on our own, um, because we don't want to be around the ones who are triggering our anger, then we have a twofold problem of we're not healing from the problem, um, and we're now self-deceived and think that we've overcome our anger, but actually mm-hmm. it's just that we're not around the things that trigger it. Um, yeah, so yeah
1: that that's a really good point i do want to just uh, again from my pastoral heart just say that sometimes if you're listening and you're and you hear that and you tend towards curiosity, uh just know that like it's okay to take small breaks and and then come back so uh, he's mm-hmm. talking more of like avoiding situations altogether rather than just needing to take a quick break and then come back to the situation where you're being formed and helped
0: yeah, Cashin is talking about the people who like go off to live in the desert away mm. from anyone else. Because ah, yeah, thank it. you for that clarification. Yep. Like he's saying the ones who still struggle with anger, but then they go to be a hermit. Um and they think that they're no longer angry because they're now a hermit, but it's actually just because um yeah. the thing's not and then he also says that like eventually the anger is gonna come back and you're gonna start being angry at like the inanimate objects and things like that. Um
1: I've probably shared this before, but I remember watching that movie In the Great Silence and just sitting in the movie theater watching all these, I think they were Carthusians, Carthusian monks just live in total silence and pray in their in their cell and then go and eat in silence and eat Sundays eat in their room, they go to chapel and sing. And I was like, oh man, what an amazing life that would be. And I was, I was totally wanting it because I wanted an escape. Like I was just, mm-hmm. I was just thinking like, no responsibilities, you know, you you're protected and and you have food and all these things. And then all of a sudden they show like this door crack open and there's this monk sitting with the desk that works that looks worse than mine. Just like paperwork everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> oh that our Lord would give me that job in that monastery to, to hone me. Um, so yeah, the escape is not good, um, especially when it comes to big devocation.
0: Can you still hear me? Because it's not registering on my... Uh, do I need to be worried about that? Like I'm not seeing any of the green dots.
1: I hope not. I, I hope, don't think so.
0: I hope not too.
1: We'll find out later on. <laughs> let's just ignore it. Okay. Let's just let's just ignore the reality of it and keep on going and pretend that everything's
0: fine. Yeah, that's a great solution. <laughs> does that fit with your thought? <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to the next one. And I think the reason it worries me is because it records from my end, not from yours. And so, mm. if my computer is not showing it, even though you're hearing it, uh, okay. Well, we'll see what happens. So, so- I, I
1: have a solution to your your first issue, though, and I'm going to give you a choice as your spiritual father. What's my first issue? Like when you're jogging slowly and someone drives by, and and I I want you to either, if you're feeling that way and someone drives by you, you either dab or click your heels.
0: What is? I don't know what those things mean.
1: Dabs the whole.
0: Oh, uh huh, uh huh.
1: Or click your heels. You know, like a leprechaun.
0: Just just to make me look more ridiculous. Yeah. And be good for my humility. Just
1: like that. Just like acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge that like somebody may be looking at you and so make it worth their time. Like, okay. make, make, so yeah. So you okay. can dab and keep on running or just click your heels like a leprechaun and then keep on running. <laughs> okay.
0: I'll do can that. Can you
1: imagine the story? Like, they would get home and they'd be like, so I saw this nun <laughs> running. Um, and so I had to pass her by. She just like did a little leprechaun heel click. And then.
0: So <laughs> I don't know if I told you this story, but this is not relevant to the reflections but it is a running story. So, um we have our UPS driver for context. Our UPS driver loves us and we love him and we've known him for many years and he's come on his day off to bring his wife and his mother to meet us and wow. like we just we have a really good relationship, right? At one point he, um it was really funny because uh UPS drivers probably aren't allowed to do this. So, please nobody tell on him cuz he's a really beautiful man. I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> Anyways, um, but he one time comes and says, this was years ago, he's like, um, we were outside and he comes with a package and he says, "Um, I have a package for you, it's a big one, do you want me to just put it in the purple kitchen? And then we're like, how does he know that we have two kitchens? And that we call that one the purple kitchen. Like It's not even very overtly purple. It's like a really pale purple. And anyways, but we we call it the purple kitchen. And so anyways, so um, I'm out on a run and I see him, um, this like bearded UPS man drive by as I'm running. And so I blow him a kiss and then... He gets closer, and I realize it's a different bearded UPS man. And I've now just blown a kiss to like this total stranger, and it probably looks ridiculous. Not probably, it certainly does. Um,
1: These nuns are so friendly.
0: Um, I'm banking on. I'm hoping he thought I was Amish because then it, <laughs> it doesn't
1: reflect on us or Muslim. Uh, anyways, something something other than what you actually are. Yeah.
0: Well, I was in my exercise habit, so he wouldn't think Muslim, but okay. he would maybe think Amish.
1: You can see elbows and wrists.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it's a the scarf instead of the veil. Oh, I see. So. Okay. Um. Anyways, okay. Next reflection is that on one of my runs, I was starting to get a really bad muscle cramp um, because I was very dehydrated. And, um, and so I'm drinking water, but I'm very frustrated about this cramp. But also, um, I was like, you know what. The body, like my body, the way our bodies are designed, my body is not trying to punish me for the sake of punishment just because I haven't had water. It's not saying like, "Oh, you messed up, now you right. have to and now you have to suffer like when you have something like that, when something goes wrong with your body or you're having cramping or you're having soreness or you're having like your body is trying to tell you it needs something um, to help it, and um and I'm like how true is this of sin and of penance in confession and like the consequences of sin or even Adam and Eve being cast out of the garden. You know, none of those things are because the Lord wants us to suffer for the sake of suffering. None of them are because he wants us to like feel the punishment for the sake of feeling the punishment. Sometimes it's like to inspire contrition so that we don't do the thing again. Um, But there's always like something that's for the betterment of our health in the consequences of sin and in the consequences of confessing our sin. Like when we're given a penance, the desire is um, for this penance to heal us and for it to help us have a deeper awareness of God's mercy and his love. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, that's all I have for that, I
1: think. Yeah, it, it is interesting how how often the the pain that comes from sin, even if we don't know that that's why, um, is just, it's like a parent, like letting their child suffer the consequences of their actions and saying like, do you understand that it, it would not be good for me to to remove the consequences for your whole life? You know, you, you would not mature, it would not be healthy. And so oftentimes our Lord prevents those consequences because it would be our death or our downfall so often he does, but but really that that's just that's keeping us spiritually immature. And of course he wants us to grow in full union with him. but we have to do that. We have to mature in this way. So so these are these are moments of these pains can be moments of actually great rejoicing and saying, like mm-hmm. our Lord, our Lord is letting me see what I need to do to through his grace move on and and, and try something else, you know, receive his gift of freedom from this sin. And, and then I actually am at a point in my life where I'm probably at a transition towards maturity mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's literally growing pains. You know, there, there's pains because I'm, I'm growing in maturity, whatever the next step in the spiritual life is. <clears throat> um, and, and so, you know, we don't want to force joy on those situations, but I, I just think it's true. I, I've had so many situations in my life where I've been humiliated. And if I just remember, if I just remember that if I'm not going to be humble, I want God to humiliate me in a mm-hmm. sense. I, 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 Cause that's the proper posture is to say, what am I doing? I'm, I'm showing off or I'm being prideful or whatever. And so the, the, the result is the same as long as I acknowledge it. So there's been times where I've been greatly humiliated, reminded myself of that, and then had like this just rush of complete joy. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Like yeah. I, 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 I I, I I don't know why but it's it's just I, I I feel this again not happiness I'm horribly embarrassed right and I and I have to I try to clean up a mess but there there's this this deep joy of saying okay I wasn't putting myself in in the proper place so our our lord assisted me in that you know and uh and thank god for that
0: Yeah Uh okay can I give the
1: next one Sure Okay It's your so, topic you don't need to ask
0: I well <laughs> I guess I'm more meant like do you have any further like, thoughts? Are you, are you, d- are you done
1: talking now, Father? I mean, I have something else to say.
0: Yeah, but I was trying to do it in a more polite way. <laughs> so thanks, um, <laughs> my humility. Okay, so uh, this was like this one um, has more backstory. It's a little more complex. Um, so. When so, I've been running gradually further and further distances um, because I'm trying to. Um, well, I'm training for Mother Eliana and Mother Gabrielle. And I are running. Well, Mother Eliana is biking now because she had an injury. Anyways, Mother Gabrielle and I are running a 10k next month. And I can already run a 10K at this point, but I'm trying to get my time down. So I've been going like further distances and in the training plan and stuff. And I was starting to realize that anytime I ran more than like maybe four miles, um, I started to feel really sick. And um, I just like, I would start to get like a little bit, Pre-migrainey, and I could keep going, and um, and I was like doing a good job of hydrating and all of that. Um, but I just didn't, I just didn't feel well, and and this was like consistent on all of my longer runs, and I, um, I wasn't sure what was going on, and then when I was in Colorado on my home visit, um, you remember Father Michael? I don't remember if I said this on the podcast, but I got really, really sick on the, the second hike, 14er. 14er yeah. yeah. Um, like so sick. I've never yeah, it was just really horrible. I mean, um, at one point, Deacon David and James were trying to decide if they needed to call in like emergency help. Wow. And um James was trying to figure out if he was gonna have to like give me a piggyback ride going down. And I had to stop a couple times to throw up. And it just like it was so bad. And at one point on the hike, um James just goes, we've been hiking for like probably six hours at this point and it's very hot um, and we're much closer to the sun. And there's, I mean, all of the things, right? All of the things. But then um, um, at one point, James just goes, Mother Natalia, you need salt. Um, You need to eat some of these like peanut butter pretzels because um, like we've been sweating this whole time. And I... I it was like something clicked for me because um this happens to everyone, right? Like when people run marathons, they have to have extra like salt intake stuff. They have like special okay. things for this when you're a runner. And but like I'm not running marathon distances, right? This is 4 miles. But anyways, going back to the mountain. So this happens to everyone that when you are low on salt, um or low on sodium, I should say, that, um, your body doesn't do well, like that's why you need to consume like electrolyte things, but uh but the the average person is supposed to get like one and a half mil or sorry one and a half grams of sodium a day. I, with my neurological condition, am supposed to get five to nine, which is mm. insane, like so much more than you can get from salting your food. I have to mm-hmm. like literally drink salt water in the evenings and then drink my salt mixture thing in the mornings and so James knows this. He knows about the neurological thing. And he's like, you've sweated out all of your salt. You have nothing left. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and so, so I'm like trying to consume extra salt on the hike, and that's, that's fine. But then when I got back to Ohio and I was like going for a longer run, I realized, oh my goodness, this is the problem, is that I'm sweating. By the time I've gone that far, I've sweated so much that I'm losing my sodium. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to one of my friends, Father Kevin, shout out to Father Kevin Klinowski, um, who he is a marathon runner. He's done like, oh man, he's just done crazy things, but he's my hero. Um, and I asked him, like, when you run marathons, what do you do for salt? Because um, I need that even only like a few miles in. <laughs> and, um, and he recommended these things. Uh, if anyone's looking for um, salt intake while you're running, Salt stick fast chews are what they called they're called and complete game changer. Um Hmm. so shout out to Father Kevin. But um this led to another reflection because first of all, like I needed an outsider's view in order to see this thing in me that was like it could be considered a weakness, right um like this is something that typically people who are running just a few miles don't have to deal with um and so it didn't cross my mind that like i have this weakness that other people don't have and i need help here and i wasn't seeing that myself until james saw it and um so there's that the fact that we often need friends to see these weaknesses um, in a supportive way, right? Not in a way of just like trying to shame us or something, but in a way of like, James was like, hey, there's this thing, we should do something about it. Um, and which all, there's, there are these two quotes from Evagrius, um, who I've talked about before on the podcast because he's one of my favorites, but he says, to be ashamed to accept is a kind of pride. And that is, for the record, what I tried to do at first with the, the pretzels. I was like, no, no, I'm fine, I don't need them. And, and then I was kind of turning them down just because I was so nauseous that the thought of eating anything was horrible. But eventually I like, um, listened to Deacon David and James and just ate the pretzels. But, uh, but that was definitely coming from a place of pride. But the other thing that Avagria says is um, the friends that you have should be of benefit to you and contribute to your way of life. And he's not saying, obviously, that like we should use our friends, but he's saying that they need to be helping us in our journey towards holiness. And um, so we need the friends who are going to see, we need to surround ourselves with the people who in a healthy way are going to be willing to call us out in our weaknesses um, and offer like support and solutions and all of that when they see the weaknesses. Um, but the other thing that struck me about this was... I needed these these salt tablets, these salt these salty chews um, even for for shorter runs when other people don't need them until like they're running marathons probably. Um, but um, but it's what I needed and it's what was provided for me. And this made me think about the fact that there are certain weaknesses that we have. I'm thinking of like Saint. Paul and the thorn in his flesh and stuff. like there are certain weaknesses that we have. That, for whatever reason, known or unknown to us, um, the Lord is just not relieving us of this particular weakness or this particular sin um right in this moment. And it might be years before um we're we're healed from this this weakness, just like it might be years of cardiac rehab before I don't have to have these salt tablets. Um, but He does give us what we need. In order to handle the thing, in order to grow through it, and so it's not just like I have. Yeah, does that make sense?
1: It does, and I I think that that's. I I, this past Wednesday, I had one of those moments where I was embarrassed, and I and it was a way that I had to kind of try to find, try to find um, the joy, and thank God our Lord gave it to me um, pretty quickly. But uh, that's that's one thing that gives me consolation. Often is um if i'm embarrassed or if i'm sick or if i'm struggling like my 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 eyesight is is going pretty rapidly mm. and i i can tell like and and my optometrist said he's like you literally mid 40s i call it every time somebody comes in for the first time to optometrist i was mid 40s like so my the muscles in my eye are just getting weaker cuz i'm getting older and so um Every time I start like complaining to myself, like, "Oh man, like I, I had it so good for all these years. I didn't have to wear glasses or contacts or anything like this." And and one of these days I will, and it's coming up quickly. And I'm like, "Why am I complaining?" Many people have to wear glasses and contacts. I, like, why do I expect that I'm any different than them? Like, why 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 should I have? Something bad, be- and I actually gives me joy to, in a sense, say, "Well, now I'm kind of suffering along with them,
0: mm.
1: and it's a small suffering, like like you know, needing to wear glasses or contacts. Obviously, very small, but but there's in, in anything like that. When I had my herniated disc, it actually gave me a little bit of peace. I still wind way too much, but it gave me a little bit of a piece to think: How many people have herniated discs? How many people have like? are in constant pain. There's a lot of people I know personally who are in constant pain. And that was so hard for me and so frustrating to me. And I thought, what? Well, why Why should I have a, a better life than the person who's suffering immensely? Mm-hmm. There's a comedian I saw a video. She has this massive birthmark of a mole, like, like three to four inches in diameter, right on the side of her face, like on her cheek. And it's not like... It's like the discoloration looks horrible. I mean, it's like wrinkly and everything else, and and she's up there doing comedy and like laughing about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, like you're a better woman than me. Like, like, it, um. <laughs> You know what I mean. I hope so. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I, just thought like, what? I want to be that strong. I really do. Mm-hmm. I want to be that strong. And God gives us different crosses, and He gives us allows different crosses, of different evil, and and it is it is different for each of us. And we 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 find the way that God's saving our soul and bringing us to union with Him through our individual crosses. That sometimes we need other people to either point out or to manifest that theirs is going to be different than mine. And, and we, we lean into the community, but also the individual nature of the cross. But it, I do, I find, I know this isn't the case for everybody, but I do find it helpful um, for my own peace when I find myself complaining or if somebody says to me, you know, Father, a lot of people have it a lot worse. I know that that's not helpful 9% of the time, but it is helpful to me. If, if mm-hmm. often, I mean, yeah, but that day may change, but, I, but I, I would not recommend you ever say some people have it worse to somebody else because that's mm-hmm. just not a, a healthy or a way it'll be received. But I need to remind myself of that. I'll put it that way. I need to remind myself of that because it mm-hmm. actually says I can suffer along with them and it, it'll be redemptive in the one body of Christ and Christ himself Suffered part one part of my hernia, herniated disc was just my shoulder hurt so bad. And I'm not usually an overly pious guy like this, but I just meditated upon like, let me just think about Christ carrying the cross on his shoulder, like that mm-hmm. weight and that pain. And and it gave me a little bit of consolation. Thank God.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, okay. The next one is that, um, there's so I didn't really formulate how I wanted to share this so we'll see what happens. But when basically when I'm when I'm running against the wind, it's just horrible. It's just awful. And um I can feel that I'm going so slow. I can feel like it's a lot harder. I can feel my lungs working harder. I can like all of that, right? And and it's so hard. And then there comes a point where, um, if I'm doing an out and back, then eventually I'm running with the wind (laughs) and, and then you just feel like you're flying. Right. And, um, and so I, I just feel like the, the wind on a run is a really good analogy for kind of, um, the spirits that are working in, in our life, both good and evil. And, um, and we do have those moments in our life where we can just feel very acutely the spiritual attack that we're under right and and we can feel that we're running against the wind we can feel that things are really hard and then and then we can also feel very clearly those times that we're in like a really good place spiritually and we're being attentive to what the lord wants and we're like we're tracking with him even if things um exteriorly, or it's like what we were talking about at the beginning in our banter of just um being able to to keep the peace even with these things going on all around us and and in those moments, it's like it just feels like we're flying forward um and and that's great, but a few things that I was thinking about with this with like running with or against the wind, one is that um if I'm running with the wind um like in the same direction as the wind and I haven't been running against it, I don't really notice that I'm running with the wind. (laughs) Um, I just feel like until I maybe turn around and now I'm running against it. But so it's just interesting that we're sometimes just much more appreciative of what the Lord is doing in our life after we've come out of a place that um, we've really felt what the devil is doing in our life. Mm -hmm. And... um, and so there's that, just this concept of we are are often more grateful after we've been through a time of hardship. Um, but then there's also this fact that like um, the devil is not always so obvious, nor is God always so obvious. And there are plenty of times that I'm running neither neither with or against the wind, but like um there's a gentle breeze or it's coming from the side or something like that and um and that was just kind of this analogy for me of the fact that for for most of our life like most of our daily life we're going through the motions and we're not even necessarily like noticing what either the devil or the lord is doing and um but then once you um I guess I should say like, now that I've been running a lot more frequently, when I'm running with the wind, even if it's at the beginning of my run, I do notice it because I know what it feels like to run without any wind at all, or I know what it feels like to run against the wind or, or whatever. And so I think the same thing is true of our spiritual life, of the more we practice it and the more we become attuned to what life is like when I'm listening to these voices or I'm listening to those voices, either the good or the bad, Um once you become more attuned to those things, then you notice them more frequently, even in your in your daily life, and as you're quote unquote going through the motions, like you're you're just more aware and you're more vigilant and and I think that this is a lot of the the vigilance that that the desert fathers talk about um, the watchfulness and the vigilance and yeah
1: I think the 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 answer is always there. It's like it's like baptism. We receive baptism, then we learn about what we've received because mm-hmm. we most of us receive <coughs> baptism as an infant. And we get married, then we then we realize what like what we need to do with the beauty of marriage as as life goes on. But the same, the same thing is true here. That I think the the answer to that we could be very afraid and say, "Okay, Lord, you know what 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 pain am I going to go through in the future that I don't even." that I'm taking for granted right now. Like <laughs> old people like me will always say like, "Oh man, your youth, appreciate your back not hurting because your back just starts hurting when you get older. Like it just, it's just going to hurt, you know. And you won't even know. Like you, you just take for granted that you you have a healthy back until you don't. Um but there's a uh, but there's something about that how do we how do we prepare for those moments to say how how do I make sure that I am appreciating now and trying to kind of soak in the moments before the good times before something gets negative and i think the way to do that is through gratitude i mean you 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 said you know what, what what when we move with god and when we when we move with the devil um there are those two movements but the the gratitude that we can have every single day like a good gratitude can allow us to appreciate the things we have so that when we lose them we're like that it was really nice to have for a while and I was thankful for it. I didn't I didn't take it for granted. And then also just a a, a cry for protection, asking mm-hmm. for God and the mother of God and Saint Michael the Archangel for protection from the attacks of the devil. But both those things are 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 done already. We've been doing it ever since we started praying the divine liturgy and in our liturgies, there's in our liturgies, there's such a language of gratitude. Again, even the Eucharist, right? Eucharistia, Thanksgiving, there's so much already built into the church about gratitude. And then in addition to that, there's also a lot of pleas for protection from the devil. So if we just actually listen to the prayers you've been saying, hopefully for a long time, about these two things, we'll see that that the church is giving me the language to use and the time to do it to make sure that I'm grateful for everything and also asking for protection.
0: yeah, that actually leads really well into the next one um, that I wanted to share. so I want to share two more I'm gonna um, to make sure I have time to share them both I'm going to um, I'm gonna share them both and then you can respond to um, either or both of them that you want cool. for as long as you want okay. So the next one, when you're talking about <clears throat> um, being grateful each day and being grateful in the present, regardless of what the future holds, um, first of all, there's like the very simple wisdom. We've talked a lot about living in the present moment on this podcast. And um, this is very, <laughs> like, it's so important, even just for the practical purpose of like, we we don't know what the future holds. Like we don't even know if we'll be here tomorrow. And so it is just ridiculous to be anxious or be worried about the future or whatever. Um, which like I do all the time. So I'm not saying that I don't do that, but, um, Mm -hmm. but I do realize the, um, irrationality of the fact that I do that. So, um, but, um, as I've, as I've been running, like, Longer distances, um, nothing compared to like marathon runners. But even when I'm running like seven miles or something, I just would have never thought, um, like I would have I would have never thought that my body was capable of doing that, um, and. Because I haven't I haven't run that far since the half marathon that I did in like 2013 or something, um, but I also hadn't run that far before doing the half marathon. I don't think I'd ever run further than like three miles, and then I just did this half marathon without any training and three days notice, and it was a horrible idea. Anyways, um, but I finished it. <laughs> so, uh, so I had never really run more than probably like three miles, and then um, as I've been running longer distances. It's just been so surprising to me what my body is capable of as I've been going through the training, right? And I was thinking, like, before I started running, if I had thought, like, oh, well, um, I'm going to run seven or eight miles, I would have just been like, no way. Like, it's, it's just not, not going to happen. Um, and that's because when I started running, day one, I'm not running seven or eight miles. <laughs> and... um, and the the translation this has to the spiritual life is like, God doesn't tell us what he wants in 10 years. He He tells us what he wants now, like today, um, if we're attentive and we're open and all of that. But like, he doesn't tell us what he wants from us in 10 years. And, and I think that part of the wisdom in that is we just would panic. Um, like the monastery my monastic life is is so different than what i expected it to be and it's so much harder than i expected it to be and i think that before i entered if um if i realized what this life was going to be like i don't think i would have had the courage to say yes and that being said i 100% am confident that this is where i'm supposed to be and that but it's like he only tells us what he wants in the moment because he's only giving us the grace in the moment to, to do the thing that he's asking. He's not telling us what he wants in 10 years because he's not giving us the grace in 10 years. And, and I think that the same is true of, um, you know, even like growing in self-awareness of, of our weaknesses and our sinfulness and the places that we need to grow. Um, There are many places that I know I need to grow that I also feel like God's not asking me to work on right now. Because if I'm working on that other thing, I'm actually neglecting this much bigger thing that he's asking me to work on right now. And um, because our brains, like we can only focus on so many things at once. (laughs) And so there's that. And then the other thing that I want to mention, um, shout shout out to Father Cyril Pinchak, who he is, he's the one who designed the training program for Mother Gabriella and Mother Eliana and I to run the 5K a, a couple of months ago, um, to get us to the to get us each to the times that we wanted, and um, I was like embarrassed to talk to him at first when he was designing this plan because I was embarrassed to tell him like how slowly I run, um, and even embarrassed to tell him what my time goal is because I'm like the, Father Cyril has like. Like he ran through high school and college and he's a track coach and he's all of these things, right? And so he's been in the States and he's just like, he's, he's a serious runner. And then there's me. Um, And, and and I'm running only because um, I, well, I have to do some sort of cardiac rehab for POTS, but then. I also just want to be able to do the things that I enjoy doing. I want to be able to like hike and and all of the things like to stay in good enough health to do the things that I enjoy doing and that I feel bring me closer to the Lord. Um, so um, I'm not running for the sake of being competitive or, or things like that, and I and I never will um, because that just doesn't fit into my monastic life. <laughs> uh, but Father Cyril. From the get-go, like I was embarrassed to talk to him, and he was just so enthusiastic and so supportive. And he didn't bat an eye when I tell him like what my time is or anything like that. and um, and when he watched me run and and gave feedback on my form, you know, he was like, "No, it's really good. I would just like, just make sure you look up. That's really the only thing you need to change. and um, and it's just like immediately he his his response um and his joy in the fact that i want to try his joy in the fact that i want to to get healthy his 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 rejoicing with me took away all of those insecurities and um and i'm just like this is the case with with spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers and confessors and um you know it's like we we experience the people even as nuns, I experience this, but I would assume even more so as, as a confessor, we we experience the people who come and say, like, I, I haven't been to church in, in 10 years and um I want to come back and I wanna go to confession. And like they're so embarrassed. And and as long as the priest like is not a I don't know, I don't know a nice way to say this. As long as <laughs> like anyways, I would expect the priest to have just like pure joy, right? Yeah. The rejoicing over a repentant sinner as opposed to like, there's no shame. There's no like, well, where have you been the last 10 years? It's like, praise God that you're back. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to walk this journey with you. Like, let's go to, you know, um, and uh, yeah. So I guess I, I present that as just encouragement for like people who want to grow in their faith, but they're embarrassed of where they are right now. Um if you talk to us, like we're not judging you. We're just excited that you want to come back. And we're just excited that you want to grow. and we're just excited about that. Like,, um, yeah, anyways, there's that
1: it's totally irrational that we don't do that. But we don't do that all the time. Like when we see people's weaknesses for some reason, they become very annoying to us and and we want to kind of, like, even do, it's the devil's work, but sometimes we want people to feel shame. But that, mm-hmm. that literally, when we do that, that's the devil's work. Um, I Um Quick story, like I this was not here. I was in a different city and I needed to pray just in the middle of the day. And I was driving around and I happened to see a, uh, actually it was a Catholic cathedral. And I pulled over to the cathedral and I went in and it was locked. So I went over to the chancery, to the offices. And mm-hmm. literally I walked in there and through like the glass because it was locked because it was an inner city cathedral, I through the glass I said, you know, I'm a visiting priest. Um, I just is there a chapel here or somewhere where I can just pray my midday prayer? Um, anyway, it was so hard. Like, just they they were like, well, we don't know who you are, and I'm I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just I'm, I know I'm a visiting priest. Here's my name. I just literally want to go in and pray. And then well, let me go. And then I then I was left like locked in this in this little like fish tank of of a glass room for like 15 minutes and people are kind of going in and out. They're making sure the door shuts behind them very deliberately. And I'm like, I, I get it. I'm just some random guy dressed in black, like off the street. But, but, but you don't know, but there were, there was no attempt to say this guy at least says he just wants to come in and pray. Like, And I I hope I never get to that point. And then afterwards I walked up and I just said, they finally let me in. I was able to pray. And as I was leaving, I just went to the secretary and said, you know, is there any chance there's a priest around? Um, You know, I'd like to go to confession. She's like, nope. And I was like, okay. I like, there probably wasn't a priest around, right? There probably wasn't, but, but any, any, I was like, The lesson I take from this, I never want to be that way. I Mm -hmm. never want, if someone at least vocalizes a a desire to pray or to go to confession, like even if I cannot help them out, even if I'm running out and I can't unlock off the church, even if I can't hear their confession at the moment or there's nobody to hear their confession, at least me saying like, oh, but there's like churches all around. I'm sure you can Google them. You know, maybe if you come back tomorrow there, maybe you want to at least show some sign of like, I want to assist you in doing the right thing rather than just being so like, I don't trust you or I don't know if you're being sincere or I cannot help you right now. So I'm just going to bluntly say, I can't help you. Like if someone's showing the beginning signs, I want to do something good. At least we can make it look like I'm on your team. I'm on your side. I want to support this. So it was more just a a lesson learned for me. Like make sure I never do that to anybody. And if I, you know, and if I catch myself doing it, apologize.
0: Mm Yeah. Uh. That's great i have a I have a similar story, but I think I've shared it on the podcast before, and also I think it's just a good time to wrap up. I think that's a good spot. So um, thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, great insights.
0: yeah uh, um, please you can be thinking of your intention, father Michael, if you don't already have it while I say the things. Um, we are on Goodreads, Instagram. Father Michael is on Twitter at Padre Michael O, um, Facebook, YouTube, audio only. And um, our nonprofits website is Fotina.org, p-H-O-Tina.org. And our um, um, podcast website is what God is not podcast. Nope, sorry. What dot com. Our email is whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. And you can support our nonprofit, um, which includes the podcast, on Patreon. Um, And I think those are all the things. Um, I am going to ask for prayers for um, the, I guess just for the friends who support me in, my desire to run and to get healthy um so mother gabriella mother eliana father kevin father scott mm, father james and father jim and james those are all the ones that are coming to mind right now but um yeah they're all just people who um also enjoy running but who are just like really good and holy examples of what it is to be a Christian athlete so pray for them that they can continue to be those good witnesses
1: Amen and uh, I will ask your prayers because they were asked, my prayers were asked um, so brother Theophane is now, was Melkite Joe um, and he was on our podcast he's now been tonsured, he's now a member of Holy Transfiguration up um, in Northern California, and uh, they have a raging forest fire that's just a few miles um, from their monastery. I think five miles, he says, as the crow flies. So this is an annual thing. There, there always, there's always worry of forest fires up there. We're like on our third year of drought here in California. Um, so it's it's only getting worse in a sense. Um, but if you could play, pray for. Uh, brother Theophane and all the monks of, of Holy Transfiguration Monastery um, that they that whatever happens obviously fire prevented from destroying anything and, and from hurting anybody but also the way that they handle this I know is, is a cross and and also a witness to the world so just pray for them that they're protected and that they can uh, endure if they're asked to endure and, and use all of this for the glory of God mm-hmm.
0: Great um, Thanks Love you and I'll love see you again too. tomorrow because we're recording again tomorrow. So Awesome. Thanks, listeners. Father, can you give us a blessing?
1: May our Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give you experiences in your life that teach and encourage and allow you to see his work in your life, his ways, his commandments, um, his love and his convictions whether it's through running or whatever you're able to do. May he allow you to experience himself through the daily grind of your life. And may he, he speak to you through those closest to you and especially those who you serve. May the Lord give you everything you need for the upbuilding of his kingdom, for the salvation of your souls. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen.